Are you listening to this on Spotify right now? You should be. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. Premium Spotify users can download episodes to listen to offline, so wherever you are, you can hear me. It'll be like we're on that vacation in the mountains together. And of course, you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. Or you can browse to find new podcasts in the tab marked Your Library. Oh, and make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of Be Reasonable. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The rooster stopped cock-a-doodle-doing six hours ago. It's high noon for Thursday, July 30th, 2020. So it has been a big, big morning already. Five hours ago, one hour after said rooster stopped cock-a-doodle-doing, Donald Trump took to Twitter and he tweeted out, this world-destroying tweet. Ready? With universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good. That's in parentheses. 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Now, Everybody on Twitter whose heads explode at everything also had their heads explode over this. And I bet all of your dumbest friends did this as well. See, and that makes no sense because literally inside this tweet, he says that absentee voting is good. And what that means is that he is encouraging anyone who wants to request a mail-in ballot to be able to do so, okay? What he is against and what the party is against and what the country should be against and what I am absolutely against is mandating nationwide mail-in voting. Um, Trump also tweeted out a video last night of a local news report in Philadelphia where they ran an experiment uh, mailing fake ballots to themselves to see how long they would take to get there. After four days, only 97% of their fake ballots had arrived in the mailbox. And that's 3% of total ballots that they mailed. They mailed a hundred. And so even, even if we're to say, and it makes no sense to say this, but even if we're to say that it's impossible for there to be voter fraud introduced by 
having nationwide mail-in voting. We cannot say that that is going to be good for the country. Okay, so like I said on yesterday's while reading the uh, the California ballot notice, they accept all ballots that are postmarked by the day of the election. All right. So considering how the mail works and considering this may be a close election, the process, even if it was totally free of fraud, makes it impossible or virtually impossible to know the results of the election on election night. And that could lead to days or weeks of both sides claiming that the election isn't valid. These are the sorts of things that can destroy societies. Okay. These are the sorts of things we have tried to prevent that our system is in place to prevent. And the democratic party is steamrolling their way into this. And they are literally, I'm not, I'm not saying this as a partisan, they are literally holding the relief package hostage and asking for mail-in, nationwide mail-in voting to be included with the relief bill. This isn't how a party acts when they believe that they are 10% ahead in the polling. Okay? It is crazy. Now, people freaking out about this tweet clearly don't understand how Trump communicates after five fucking years. And that blows my mind. All right. What should a person say and do when the other party is trying to change the method of voting three months before an election? If Trump was trying to change the method of voting three months before an election, the country would be on fire. Oh, wait, the country is on fire and it's not Trump doing that. And the problem is you have to assume so many incorrect things about Donald Trump, about the Republican Party, about the system, about people's motivations to believe any of this. I talked about this briefly in the Apocalypse Now podcast, and I might have to do an entire written thing about it, but that is not in the immediate future because right now I'm busy compiling every single bit of the false media narrative and the false democratic narrative that has been perpetuated on us for the last four months. And it is going to come out in, in this form where it's just one goddamn thing after the next. It's the sort of thing where if you look at it holistically, I don't know how anyone in the world could believe the things these people are saying. Okay. But so that's going to be the next one. So I don't know if I'm going to get to tackle this fully anytime soon, but what I was saying in uh, briefly in the Apocalypse Now episode is that you can look at who has had the opportunity to grasp more control and to seize more control over this crisis period. And you look at Donald Trump, the person that people call an authoritarian dictator, and he has not tried to seize control in any way. He's even been hesitant to use the government powers to make businesses do the things he wants them to do. He's trying to use that as leverage, and he says so. He has not taken control of any of the cities 
that have been rioting for months as their Democratic mayors and governors excuse the behavior and call Antifa a myth. Meanwhile, the Democratic Party has tried to seize control in countless ways. They are in firm control over whether or not people are allowed to go to work, on whether or not children are allowed to go to school. The teachers unions hold those same children hostage to make their demands, to make sure their demands are met before they are willing to return to work. An article ran yesterday where teachers are now saying that they don't feel comfortable teaching online, but they still want to to collect the same amount of pay. The media has taken full control, the mainstream sources of media, the legacy media, the old guard media, full control. They do not show Trump's live press conferences and their excuse to the public is that he's using them as campaign rallies. It's literally the chance that they have to ask the questions on the nation's mind. And instead, they use the opportunity to try to create drama and make themselves the story. And no one does this more than Caitlin Collins on CNN. You can watch her. In fact, I suggest everyone begin watching Trump's press conferences and Trump's speeches, not clips you see on the news, not clips that people forward online, but the whole fucking thing. Okay. And watch Trump talk and give him just the slightest benefit of the doubt that he's not trying to destroy the entire country. Okay. Think for a second that maybe your view of him might be wrong and you will watch him in a completely different light. So the media grabs control. They make it impossible to see the president's news conferences. They take things like the bar hearing and they take every bit of it completely out of context. They show Democratic congressmen who are shamefully, disgracefully speaking over the witness and quote unquote reclaiming their time, which is not even something that's in the rules for them to be able to do. Reclaiming their time is what happens when they pass their time to a fellow congressman and then want to take it back. It's not so that they can override the witness's testimony for fuck's sake. Okay. And so the media completely distorts the important hearings that are going on right now. They don't cover the executive orders. They choose the narrative. If you don't see them grasping back control of the whole story, I don't know what you're watching. Hollywood tries to seize control in conjunction with the Democratic Party. Actors and influences, influencers are being paid to repeat the government's lines about social control. How is this not registering for people? Like, my tone is making me mad because I'm like, God damn it, you sound like a raving lunatic, like Mark Levin. Because I think Mark Levin is a raving lunatic. But what the fuck are we witnessing here? This is what the problem looks like, guys. The crazy thing here is that the Democrats and the media are trying to convince you 
that Trump is doing all of this to install some authoritarian form of government, even though he didn't do that for over three years while in the Oval Office. And he didn't do that through the last four and a half months of this contrived crisis while they themselves do it. How, how, how can any thinking person believe this? It is astounding to me that they take a tweet he wrote with three question marks at the end where he said specifically that requesting absentee mail-in ballots was good. How can that be framed as him wanting to change the date of the election, which he knows he can't do and which he knows he's not going to do? This is mind-blowing. All right, so yesterday... um heads of four big tech companies. It's a goddamn shame. Jack from Twitter. Wasn't there Jack Dorsey, but, uh, Jeff Bezos, um, Tim. Fuck. What's Tim's name? Tim cook from Apple. Good old, not Steve jobs, Mark Zuckerberg and Sundar Pichai from Google were all giving their testimony uh, via video and some congressmen got to ask them some questions. Most of it was pretty dull. The Republicans didn't really make a very good showing of themselves just as the Democrats had beclowned themselves the day prior with Bill Barr. Um, but, uh, one of the questions struck me as, uh, really interesting because they asked Amazon whether or not it it sold stolen property through third party sellers. And funny enough, they sold me stolen property through a third party seller. I bought a MacBook on Amazon in 2017 and it was advertised as new I got it in the box. Everything seemed cool. I used it for two and a half years and the computer had been slowing down and I kind of just wanted a fresh start on everything um, because, you know, after you transfer your external hard drive from one computer to the next and you do that three or four times over the course of 10 years, you got a ton of shit you don't need um, just cluttering. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to reset this computer back to its factory settings, reinstall the operating system and brand new computer, right? So I back up my hard drive and I reset everything. And it turns out I'm unable to load the operating system onto the computer and that my computer was controlled via its serial number that was registered as a company computer for a company called American Greetings in Ohio. Now, I had bought the computer on Amazon through a third-party seller. And I took this up with them because the computer is now basically worth 
what amounts to some bricks. It's basically a brick. It's a, it's a shiny gray brick and it's worthless. So I took this up with Amazon and they don't care. They keep delaying my case over and over again because it's outside of the return window because, of course, that's my fault. I'm the one who sold myself stolen property. They have uh, no ability and no incentive and have taken no action toward um, actually pursuing the person who stole who sold me the stolen computer. Um, he basically said that that was a lie and then went completely dark and is never to be heard from again. Um, and I've pursued legal stuff, whatever. Congressman uh, Matt Gates was kind of um, going off on Jeff Bezos the whole time when he was using his time. And, uh, and so I tweeted at him about this stolen computer. And instantly, within minutes, Amazon tweets me back and says, hey, please fill out this form and someone will contact you. And so uh, and that's, by the way, that's only because I tweeted it to a congressman who was in the hearing while the hearing was going. And then they suggested that I fill out this form. Someone contacted me via email. I explained the situation. And then they immediately said that that case is closed and that I will not get any further response from Amazon. So that, my friends, is Amazon's actual stance on selling stolen property. And I think that's important to know. Um, last night, uh, explosives were found in a van in Seattle, or perhaps it wasn't found last night, but they were found this weekend. And it was announced, I think this morning by Seattle's mayor, Jenny Durkin, that there were explosives found in a van in Seattle. And, you know, she made sure to clarify that there were mostly peaceful protests, you know. People uh, aren't rioting. There aren't fringe leftist groups rioting and taking over police stations and setting up autonomous zones in her city and murdering people and, uh, you know, performing vast numbers of sexual assaults. All of these things you can find and confirm happened in Chaz, the autonomous zone in Seattle that she called the summer of love. All right. Explosives in vans is terrorism. There is no other way to describe that. Anarchists in Portland, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, all these are the same fucking organization. They are attacking the federal courthouse in Portland. And when federal Officers are sent in to deal with the problem. Nancy Pelosi refers to them as Nazi stormtroopers. And your dumbest friends believe her. How is everything this stupid? How is everyone's brain so broken by the presence of Donald Trump that this stuff makes sense, that this stuff gets moral license, that this stuff gets morally justified? Your brains are broken if you believe that. All right. And the crazy thing about this is that there are two main personalities involved with this uprising. 
one of those personalities is incredibly lazy, incredibly socialist, and has no interest in working or competing to create for themselves the life they want. The other is taking advantage of this situation to push through their own systems of social control and government control that they can't pass through democratic means. And these people are especially pernicious because these people are the ones who actually have privilege and social power. These are the people who are in entertainment, who are in tech, who went to good colleges. They believe because they have the credentials and their parents had a good job and, and they went to a good college that they are actually smart enough to understand the world in two seconds that they are able to grasp the information and know it's true just based on where it came from. And then they are so overconfident in their own ability to understand the world that they go out with their zero information and they tell the rest of the world how to act. I was just confronted this morning by an actor on Twitter. I mean, he's not a real actor. He was, he played a male nurse, not making it up in 2013. Okay. And he was telling me that my statements about coronavirus were wrong. They were not. Obviously, by this point, you should know that I can fact check every single goddamn thing I say. That's why I fucking say these things. All right. And he presents to me a chart of CDC statistics about hospitalizations and deaths using raw case numbers, case numbers, reported cases. The CDC knows and has made statements that the actual infections are anywhere between six and 24 times as high as the number of cases. Stanford has it between 25 and 45%, or I mean times as high as the number of cases. Penn State has it at 80 times. Information out of Texas indicates the overall uh, infection fatality rate is less than 0.1%. Less than 0.1%. That's less than one out of every 1,000 people who get the virus will die. That is all the virus has the capability to kill. All right? Now, that number is obviously up for discussion and unconfirmed. But the CDC estimates it at less than 0.26% and has four months. That means two and 2.6 people per 1,000 can die. 26 people per 10,000, if you want to think about it, in whole people. All right? But one out of 1,000 people getting infect, infected dies. Let's understand that, okay? That means if you take a group of 1,000 random people, all ages, all ethnicities, all levels of health, one of them has the potential to die by coronavirus or two of them or three of them. And we know with a median age of death over 80 and higher in other countries, as high as 86 I've seen, that those three people out of a thousand 
are almost definitely over 80 with comorbidities. And almost none of them are under 55 or 60. That means everyone else in that set of a thousand is going to go through surviving. And now if some people end up with long-term sickness, I have sympathy for that. And that sucks. And I hope that doesn't happen to me or the people I love. But you know what? That shit happens in life. Your chances, if you are middle-aged or younger, of having that happen to you, your chances of having that happen to a child are less than the chances of you getting in a fatal car accident today. Some perspective, please, people, for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, I don't know how I got back there off explosives in a Seattle van. But please understand that we do have terrorists in this country. And all of them are on the left. The idea that there is a problem of white supremacists running around committing terrorist violence and hate crimes is utterly fucking delusional. The evidence of left-wing terror and hate crime is right in front of your faces. It's everywhere, every day. Watch Twitter. People have feeds of the riots. Portland police are now, they now have a live stream of the riots. And the ACLU is suing them, trying to get them to stop broadcasting the live feed. Because they're saying it falsely identifies criminals. I don't know how exactly. Because they're only trying to stop the live feed. They're not actually saying that public surveillance cameras shouldn't be in place. Because, of course, it's a federal courthouse. And having surveillance cameras on the outside does seem prudent. Doesn't it? So what they want is to make sure that we can't see the violence that's happening. But the violence is happening. And it's available on the internet for you to look at. And then there's one last thing I want to talk about, which is kind of funny because, you know, California has this massive program where they're taking homeless people and putting them into hotels that are currently closed due to coronavirus. And they are feeding the homeless people and they are providing drugs for the homeless people. None of what I'm saying is false. Okay? You can look it up. If you're really cranky, you can ask me, and I might even prove it to you, depending on how fucking feisty I'm feeling. But they're taking homeless people off the streets and putting them into hotels, and this is being presented to us as sensitive. And I wonder why it's not being presented to us in a way that shows us what it is. And it's a way to make the streets look less homeless. Um, the last thing I want to get to today, and this is something that I'm still looking into right now. 
Um, but this morning, uh, Mayor uh, Bowser of Washington, D.C. announced that uh, schools would be online only from August 1st through November 6th. And that's due to the coronavirus, of course, right? Because we all know how scary it is for the children, even though it's not at all scary for children. But we know how scary it is for the children's teachers, even though we know they're taking the children and putting them in daycare with, you know, chaperones who are going to be in the same risk group as teachers and probably just will be teachers getting paid to teach and then also getting paid to babysit in these daycare centers. So that's safe enough for coronavirus, but doing that same thing in school is not safe, right? But it becomes safe on November 6th. It's odd that something becomes safe on November 6th, the first week in November. What happens the first week in November? Oh, yeah, it's the goddamn election. So right after the election, coronavirus becomes safe again for children in Washington, D.C. Isn't that fucking incredible? God, the science is amazing. But you know what else is an issue? What else is interesting? A friend sent me this morning after I had posted that, that Washington State's emergency order was set to expire on November 5th. Isn't that interesting? Coronavirus goes away the first week of November. Now, the state of Washington has updated that to to uh, the 25th of November. So maybe we're allowed to have Thanksgiving. That would be so nice, wouldn't it? The government is going to allow us to have Thanksgiving. The Democrats, God, they're so sensitive. They're so caring about people's needs. You know, it's funny. I'm going back in um, through the last few months of news, obviously, preparing this next podcast. And last night I was working on something, I think in late May, maybe. And one of the statistics was um, remarking how... 41% of black owned businesses in the country had already closed permanently because of lockdowns. And so I am going to leave you with that stunning fact of democratic governance. And uh, I will talk at you tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. 
It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com or use the hashtag heymoderator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. At least.